We're flying high with the wings and talking all things lacrosse. You're now listening to the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. What's going on, everybody? We are live with Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 196. 196 of these damn bangs. That's a lot. Kyle Bennett, Dylan Mazzola, coming at you live from Underground Studios. As always, show brought to you by our friends at Main Auto LLC. Just got my oil changed over there. Gene did one hell of a job <laughs> and found some other things that needed to be done on my car. That's so important. that's the best part about it. You take it in for one thing. Potentially don't know something that's wrong with your car. Get them all fixed. Gene's going to find it, and you tell him that Underground Sports Philadelphia sent you. Our friends at Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Wainwright Bernhardt Funeral Home, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Automall. You got that Christmas money? Need to get a new car yeah. to bring over to Main Auto LLC? There you go. Our friends at Bob Novick Automall got you covered. Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC. Dylan, it's almost tax season. It's almost tax season. It's yeah. crazy to think about, but it is. It's crazy. Go see our friend Mark Ronchetti. Does all of our taxes for us. And the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. I'm actually going there tomorrow. <laughs> Get my They're the best text. in the business. Best in the business. What a, what a freaking week in Philadelphia sports we've had. Obviously, we delayed the show a little bit because we had the holidays. Hope everybody had a great Christmas. Yes, good Christmas. Everybody's enjoying Hanukkah. That's still occurring. And, of course, as we are live right now, Enjoying Kwanzaa if you celebrate. But let's kick it off because we're we're in the middle of the heist. Welcome to heist season, everybody. 2.0. The birds did the damn thing. They did. Take down the Cowboys. There's plenty of excuses swirling around Big D now. Dak Prescott coming out today saying this could be his last season in Dallas for all he knows. We caused the demise of... Of the Dallas Cowboys franchise for potentially the next decade. Jerry Jones has wasted the primes of players such as Des Bryant, Dak Prescott, Tony Romo, Ezekiel Elliott. Wait. That entire offensive line that they built that has been, you know, talked about as the best offensive line in NFL history. Wasted. Mr. Jason Witten. Jason Witten's prime years. And pretty much everybody on that defense that... I said on two shows last week, severely overrated. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know. <laughs> Talk about it. I just, I, I got one thing to, to ask you, Dylan, because it's super important here. And I'm going to pull up the, the clip here so that the listeners can hear it. Um, You know, the, the Eagles obviously won 17 to 9 yes. uh, against the Cowboys there on Sunday. Could have been a little higher had Elliott not missed a field goal, but and they still. left some points on the yeah, board. Yeah, of course, but of course. How many how many touchdowns did the Cowboys score, Dylan? A big old donut, a big old zero. 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 You're damn right. Zero <laughs> touchdowns. They kept them out of the end zone. They held Ezekiel Elliott under 100 yards, and I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, under 50 yards rushing. I believe so, yes. And they just came out like gangbusters. They played the most complete game from start to finish that we've seen them play pretty much all season long. Yeah, and Carson was good as well for the umpteenth game in a row. Um, So Imagine that. Wow. Riddle me that, Batman. It's like Carson Wentz has been pretty good all season, and it's just the guys around him have been like a revolving door at the Sheraton Hotel. Yeah, not except, a for, sponsor. except for Greg Ward. We stand Greg Ward in Greg the show. Greg Ward, where has he been? I, I, I heard this caller 
on a, a certain radio station, but it was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. You don't you know, have to say. I know it's, it's one o'clock in the morning, and I'm just a, I'm awake, and our good friend John Barchard was hosting, so of course I'm going to tune in. Somebody says, Greg Ward, when <laughs> he needs to be re-upped for 2020. Totally agree. Well, yeah, 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 we all agree and on he that. he said, when he goes to negotiations, he needs to ask for about $3 million more million for the amount of time he had to spend on the practice squad. <laughs> And honestly, I can't blame him. No. There's been a lot of Greg Ward hype. I, I'm sure you saw the, the one thread on Twitter. People are comparing him to Antonio Brown in terms of in terms of talent, which is, I mean, that's, that's good for Greg Ward. I just, I, like, I mean, we need to slow the brakes, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. He's been doing really well, and no. it's, it's been much needed for it this definitely team. definitely makes you think, how the heck was this individual on the practice squad slash in the AFL, right? Uh, He was in the AAF. AAF. It makes you think, like, you know, there are guys like Ward that are everywhere, you know, in, in terms of given the right opportunity, the right circumstances, the right team, they can perform. And, you know, as Eagles fans, we're not overhyping a guy. He's He put up, like, what, 71 yards the other night? Like, he's 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 doing some stuff. So we had Greg Ward with 71 yards yeah. on four catches plus a five-yard run. Exactly. So uh, last time I checked, 70 yards for a receiver is very good, Kyle. Better than what we've had all season long, pretty much, <laughs> yeah. at that position. Uh, Dallas Goddard with arguably his best career game. Nine catches for 91 yards and a touchdown. Miles Sanders continues to make me look like a damn genius. As I said, he was the number one running back in this draft class. And he's now on the Offensive Rookie of the Year radar. And I think he, he deserves to win it. Because you look at you know these awards and stuff, and sure, they're minimal, but... Miles Sanders yeah. has caught on and caught heat at the perfect time. Sure, he has three less starts than Josh Jacobs, and that's really his only competition at the offensive rookie of the year position, I'd say. Yeah. Miles has equivalent stats in three less starts. Josh Jacobs had a hotter start, but Miles is finishing in crunch time when you need your players to step up. Josh Jacobs has gotten hurt, and you think back to 2017. Carson Wentz was the front runner for MVP, and he gets hurt, so they don't give him the award. He doesn't get hurt; he gets the award. So Josh Jacobs getting yeah, possibly hurt here. gets snubbed because of injury. Miles yeah. Sanders is number seven. He is the seventh ranked player in the league in all-purpose yards. That's not for, just that's pretty good players. Miles Sanders, first and year, it's not bad, huh? Just adds to my brand that he is hashtag Le'Veon Light. Yeah, I do see um, some comparisons and some similarities. I, I like. I think what I like most about Sanders is the way he plays, obviously, but the fact of the matter is a certain other running back in our same division was in front of him in college, meaning he has a lot less yards and wear and tear on his body. And the way he runs, like the, his style of running, I could see him being so dominant for a good, you know... You just continue watching years. him, and when he gets the ball handed off to him, he does that little... Le'Veon kind of stutter steps, surveys yes. where he's going, and then hits the hole like full yes. force. Can catch the ball out of the backfield. Has that breakaway speed. He reminds me of watching Le'Veon Bell back in 2014. Yeah. And until Greg Ward came on the team, he was our best receiver as well on the roster. <laughs> it's absolutely absurd. Uh, Miles, obviously, 20 carries in the game against the Cowboys, 79 yards rushing and a touchdown. And he added five catches for 77 yards. Could have had another touchdown, but he pulled the Brian Westbrook smartly yes. to end the game. Clinch. Sorry it. if you were a fantasy owner, but we we weren't mad. <laughs> we weren't mad. Uh, Carson Wentz doing the damn thing. Thirty-one of forty, three hundred nineteen yards and a touchdown. Speaking of Carson, I I saw that he only needs. I don't want to jinx it. We'll knock on wood. He needs two hundred fifty yards to be the first Eagles quarterback in history to reach four K. That is mind blowing to me. It's kind of mind blowing. It's never been done before. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like, like what <laughs> you think of all the quarterbacks that have played for this franchise. Ron Jaworski, Randall Cunningham, Donovan McNabb, Michael Vick are yeah. like the four prominent ones that kind of Who come to think, mind. And then even you would think even the year that Nick Foles had, yeah. you think maybe he would be sniffing around four K yards. Those five guys you think of, and you'd think at least one of them had a four thousand yard passing. But season. none, none of them have had it. Carson throws for 250 yards this weekend against the Giants, which is very doable. Hopefully, yes. He becomes the first one to ever do it. But I will say this. Honestly, as long as we win, I won't be upset if the record's not broken. Nope. I mean, it'd be cool. It, you, both happen, but I think I could speak you know, on behalf of most Eagles fans. Uh, we just want the W. <laughs> Get the W, clinch the division, 
and let's let's go to the playoffs. Because yeah, of course, the way I look at it, Seagulls team wins. They host a home playoff game in round one. They're going to win that playoff game. That's just how this season storyline is supposed to go. Their potential matchups would be either Seattle or San Francisco. Which, um, please be Seattle. I'd rather play them than San Francisco. I, def- I, I definitely agree, but I'm fine with either of those teams. No, I think we match up decent against both uh, in comparison to other teams. Especially with all the injuries the Seahawks just got yeah. this past week. And it makes me sad because Marshawn Lynch obviously coming back for the Seahawks. I would be so much more excited because Marshawn is one of my favorite players. If you weren't potentially playing him if in the playoffs. If the Eagles weren't potentially playing against him in the playoffs and him being a factor, sure, he hasn't played all season. You don't he's know what he's going to be. Lynch, though. It's still Marshawn Lynch. It's the Seahawks. You never know what could happen. I'd be so much more excited if it yeah, didn't course, directly impact the Eagles potentially. Which maybe, for your sake, maybe we play San Fran ra- round one and you get to enjoy a game of Marshawn exactly. without having to worry and about And when it. it comes to the 49ers, I'm not really too concerned because no. their quarterback has the same amount of playoff experience as our quarterback. Yes. And when it comes down to it, I'd rather have Carson Wentz than Jimmy Garoppolo. And until recently, they had uh, no true number one receiver on that team. For a while, they were actually struggling to get the ball with quite a few receivers. And their running Running backs are banged up. I was going to say, it's banged up, and they also don't really have a true RB1. They kind of are an RB by committee, which is not a bad thing. Hardcore RB by committee. So if you can stop a player or two, then you're on both sides of the ball, then you're forcing another, like a player to have to rise to the occasion. And being that they're you know the receiving core, they're relying on guys like Debo, who's a rookie, good rookie by the way, and, and uh, love uh, me some Debo Sanders, Emmanuel Sanders as well. God, what he would be in this yes. offense. But my point is, if you can shut a guy or two down that offense, and then get you know I, you pointed out that uh, Jimmy G has zero playoff experience, you have no idea what he's going to be like. <clears throat> so hundred percent, and uh, I'm not scared. You know, after the game, obviously, uh, Doug Peterson does his uh, locker room speech, and this got me pretty hyped. Yeah. So uh, here's Doug. Do you get his ice cream? Team right here, I told you before the game, when we stood in this locker room, you were built for this. Okay? You're made for this right now. This time of the year, where we are as a team, nobody on the outside gives us a chance. But you guys in this room believe. Coaches believe. Everybody believes. And that's what it takes, man, a little bit of faith. Okay? Can move mountains. I'm not going to preach or anything, but I'm telling you what. Okay? Hey, I'm so proud of you guys. So proud of you guys. My hat is off again for the way you come to work, man. You won this You won this game during the week. Sky's the limit with this team, man. I'm so happy. I'm literally so happy, man. Defense, I'm telling you right now, that's a great performance. You kept that team out of the end zone. Out of the end zone. Okay? And offense. Offense. Hey, when you needed to put a drive together, you put a drive together. You did that. Big plays. Special teams. And special teams, okay? Cam, a couple punts in there, covering those kickoffs. Hey, great job. I'm talking about great job all around. Team effort. Hey, we ain't done. We ain't done. Because you know what? You know what? Hey, you know what we got to do next weekend, right? Right? Next weekend clinches the entire thing. You understand? I want you to enjoy this. And I want you to take care of each other because we are not done. Yes. Yes. Hey, same thing we said last week, man. Yo, yo. Enjoy this, but this is not the destination. Nope. Y'all know what we got to do. All the chips are in on next week, man. Yeah. My mind is there already, bro. I'm telling you. It's yeah. diving time process, man. Prepare all week and get ready to go win this division, man. Yeah. Just take what's ours, man. Family on three. One, two, three. Man. Malcolm Jenkins all in on heist season. Let's go take what's yes. ours. That means get your ski masks on. As we have the the USP ski mask right here. Let's go. It's high season, and you know what? We got we got the merch for you. Our friends at Design Tree got the high season. We relaunched it. It was on our old platform. Now it's on our Design Tree storefront. Promo code Holiday still in full blown effect. Get twenty percent off your order. You got the high season shirts, hoodies, or you can use promo code DSGN ten for ten dollars off your order. Uh, either one of them works. You can't stack them, but either promo code works. Yep. Now, I got this is this is a plea too because we put it on Twitter and it absolutely blew up. Dan Orlovsky is a new adjacent friend of the show until he comes on. Yes, his take was very much appreciated. He went full blown Festivus on everybody talking about the Eagles negatively, which I absolutely loved. And we put our our 
little little homage out to to Dan with that video and said, "Hey, this is our open invitation to Dan Orlovsky to come on the on the show, either this week, obviously with the holidays and everything. Didn't expect it this week, but whenever Dan Orlovsky wants to come on the show and Welcome. talk positively about our Philadelphia Eagles with us, Dan, there's always an opportunity for that. So open floor to one Dan Orlovsky to uh, come on the show because we agree. We think end zone should be 11 yards long too. Um, how you feel about this Giants game, Dylan? Um, I'm definitely excited for it. I feel that the Eagles are, you know, you, you kind of heard in that video, they're already buying in to the fact that they have to have their mindset ready for next week. They can't overlook this game. The Giants aren't a good football team, but they can score points. So the Eagles have to be wary of that. The defense especially has to come prepared because, like I just said, if they get caught sleeping, the Giants could easily score several touchdowns. I mean, with the likes of rookie quarterback Daniel Jones and Golden Tate, Saquon Barkley, they do have some weapons. Um in terms of their defense, it's not very good. It's more Swiss than Swiss cheese. Exactly. So I do expect the Eagles to – I expect Carson to break the record we talked about. I expect some touchdowns. Um, I believe Deshaun is coming back soon. Not So here's the thing with Deshaun. He can't come back this week. Can't come I, back the IR, while, right? he's on IR. Yeah, yeah. So the Eagles would have to obviously win this week. They'd have to win their wild card matchup. Then in the divisional round, Deshaun Jackson would be eligible to come back. And the amazing thing is uh, Deshaun was clocked at running at 19 miles an hour last week. That's uh, about 19 miles faster than me. Just a tick under what he was in training camp. At training camp, I think he was about 20 or 21 miles an hour. So him coming off a a pretty much sports hernia surgery is pretty much what it was yeah definitely you can use him to get to 19 miles an hour imagine just putting Deshaun Jackson into this lineup right now with Greg Ward JJ Ortega Whiteside Dallas Goddard hopefully Zach Ertz is going to be okay he did yeah, not practice today uh and the injury was changed from ribs and back to just ribs which isn't a great sign so no, my opinion not. is Zach Ertz probably isn't playing this week which I'm okay with because I feel get like him healthy. Healthy. I mean, you have Dallas Goddard, who is pretty yeah. much baby um, Ertz. Yeah, and then you can throw in Josh Perkins can get more reps. And so they signed uh, Richard Rodgers this week too for the rest of the season. Did they really? So he's back. Um, but we all know he's like you know one away from being injured. Uh, yeah, so it's really just it's just what's happened. Really since just been here. Goddard and Perkins, which is still better tight end tandem than some teams in the mm-hmm. NFL. So I'm not worried about that. I I just think they have to bring their A game and they have to you know know that it's it's a must win game. That's the end of the line. They have to win. I mean because you don't want to have the mentality like oh we can still make it if the Cowboys lose to the Redskins, which uh, that's probably not going to happen if we're being honest. The Cowboys are obviously pissed. We just whoop them. They're gonna. Probably destroy the Redskins, if yeah. I'm being honest. Um, Dak's playing for a contract. Um, What's-his-face is playing for a job. Job. Whether it's, a lot of people on the team it's, are it, for a job. Exactly, exactly. So they're not going to let, you know, like roll over and die. And that's why I think the Eagles need to have a, 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 a statement win, if you will, against the New York Giants and show Danny Dimes, as they call him, that he will not be throwing any dimes against us and hopefully they get the dub. Agreed, and uh, just got to give a shout-out to Demarcus Lawrence because, you know, his little post uh, pregame tweet right before game time, 2.05, no words with the, the signature Ben Simmons emoji uh, blowing smoke out of the nose. Yeah, we didn't hear your name much. Not at all. Halapulavati Vaitai, shut you down. And that was a big key in that game, too, is Lane Johnson did not play. Obviously, we know Vitae has not been 2017 Vitae, who well, yeah, took over and took the holes, left yeah. tackle reins from Jason Peters when he got hurt. Vitae had one hell of a game on, he on well. Sunday. He, I think he only had one mishap play, and it was when Demarcus Lawrence got into you know Carson Wentz's face and it was an incomplete pass, but that was the only time we heard Vitae's name called that entire game. So hats off to Big V because... Yes. Without a performance like that, I don't know if this Eagles team wins, especially with the amount of points they left on the board. Which, it's always a good thing. It's it's funny you, know, you mentioned that. If you're a defensive player in, in most sports, honestly, if your name's not mentioned, it's not a bad sign. Exactly. <laughs> it's actually a good sign. If you're on the offense, you want it mentioned. If you're on the defense, you want it mentioned getting in there. But, like, 
offensive lineman, just play a solid game when you're good. Yeah. Defense, you want to be hurt all the time because you want to be making plays and shutting down the opposing offense. That's true. Uh, we'll get more into the Giants game on Saturday, obviously. Right of course, before the game. it's closer, yeah. But it did get flexed in case you missed it. Yeah, I think it's a 4. It's a 425 game, just like all of the other important playoff games uh, that have playoff implications or seeding implications. So the Eagles and Giants and the Cowboys in Washington play at 425 on Sunday. But uh, this Eagles win... I just got to say, you know, Dan Orlovsky had his uh, airing of grievances. All of you doubters, all of you haters, Orlando Skandrick, all of you. Yeah. I don't want to hear from you again this NFL season. I don't want to hear from you until training camp. Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless. <laughs> get him out. Throw throw more jerseys away, Skip. Yeah, in his trash can. With your, your low-to-the-ground microwave. What the hell was that? All you Cowboys, apologists, sympathizers, you're done. Yeah, we don't feel sorry it's over. for you. It's over, Johnny. Sit down. I, I don't want to hear it anymore. This Cowboys team was supposed to be a team of destiny. They were supposed to be, you know, Super Bowl contenders. This was the best offense and defense in the league. Yeah, but they're not. And I think Kyle Brandt said it the best on Good Morning Football. Um he basically just said that they're probably the biggest disappointment in terms of NFL franchises over the past 20 years. They get hyped up, I feel like, what, every year? And then what do they do? Not make the playoffs almost every year. And like you were saying earlier in the show, Kyle, they have tons of talent. It's not that they're a bad team. Like, they have talent. But, you know, they just they can't win. They choke. And people give the Browns a bad rep, but at least the Browns, like, we know they we suck. Know, that is the, the That's like the running gag. The yeah, it's like, it's, it's like the gag. Cowboys, the are every suck. year, you guys come into training camp, and it's like, this is our year. We're winning the division. We're winning the Super Bowl. And then you go 8-8. Eight and eight. Mediocre. Every single year. And honestly, I will, I'm, I'm going to be sad. When Jason Garrett gets fired. Yeah, that's the only bad thing about us beating them is that it's probably the end of his tenure. It's but a, could be going you know, a little bit north of us and heading to the New York Giants after yes, this, which would be absolutely would be awesome. incredible. Uh, but, you know, media, you know, if you stink, you stink. And it's okay to admit that you stink. Yeah, we so, know, we, at, least Eagle, at least Eagles fans know, like, right now, this year, we're not good. We're injury-riddled. We just haven't had a good season. But we're still in the driver's seat, baby. We are driving this car. Yeah, you guys are right behind about, us. Talking about playoffs, baby. Getting ready to go sit on the couch, watch <laughs> the Masters, all that good stuff. So I don't want to hear yeah. from any Cowboys fans until the season's over. You know, you can, Eagles are making the playoffs. Hey, I'm, I'm saying yes. it right now. Like <clears throat> I agree. I'm giving those positive vibes off. Eagles are winning this division because all right, talk about Cowboys it. fans should have known this from the beginning, too. We have not had a repeat NFC East division winner since our beloved Philadelphia Eagles did it in 2003 and 2004 when Which we were on that Andy Reid run. is a long time ago. Since then, we have not had a repeat NFC East division winner. It just doesn't happen. So for all you Cowboys fans that thought you were going to repeat and win a division again, sorry. Sorry to break it to you. It's impossible. It just wasn't going to happen. It's, it's the Eagles' year to win it again. Yeah, Cowboys fans should know that our division amongst any other one in football is <laughs> unpredictable. And like you said, it's never it's never the same thing. You know, every year it's up and down and they're they're down. But <laughs> it's been more or less down for them the past several years. Well, not not several, past 15 several years. decades. Yeah, I think the last playoff when I was not alive. Yeah, <laughs> the last time they won a Super Bowl was uh, January of 1996. So, yeah, I was... You were still... Chilling with Jules. <laughs> uh, also, I have to say, it was absolutely hilarious. Shout out to our friend, E-Rock, from the 4th and John podcast. Uh, apparently, Orlando Skandrick's wife ditched him on Christmas. Like, Did she really? Done. And uh, oh E-Rock quote tweeted the, the TMZ-esque report about it and said, you know what to do at Fletcher Cox. <laughs> Oof. We haven't heard from Orlando since when he was talking all that talk about how the Eagles locker room was, you know, toxic. Last time we heard from Orlando on a good old Undisputed with Skip Bayless and, and Shannon was uh, early December. 
He was just looking for attention right before the Eagles went on this run. So Orlando, hate to break it to you, man. Receipts never die also. So, yeah, there's a soundbite of him complimenting players on the team as well. And, and you know, there's a soundbite of Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott on the on the sidelines back in September saying that, uh, you know, some play was that easier than Philly. Amari, where were you, pal? You weren't even on the field on fourth and game. Yes. Although, Amari, if you want to come here next year and put on green for the right <laughs> price... I'm all game, buddy. Come on down. <laughs> I, 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 as much I was, as I make fun I of was, you. I was like that duck gif that's like bouncing up and down looking <laughs> around. That's what I was doing with Amari. Couldn't catch the, the no. this Dallas Cowboys team. They wanted to say that drops weren't a, you know, an excuse for the Eagles all season. And then when they start dropping the ball, yeah. all hell breaks loose. You know, it's it's the biggest think, excuse yeah. ever. I think what it is is uh, you know they the people throw the saying around like they've lost a locker room or stuff like that, but I don't think the Cowboys have ever really had a locker room. Because Agreed. Jason Garrett's just kind of a shell of a man. Like he just he just claps. He's Jerry's puppet. He just claps. Yeah, and, and uh, Jerry is weird. At times he he seems like he's coming off very restrictive, and at other times he actually gives players like a lot of freedom. So my point is. They're probably getting mixed messages as players, and you see it on the field when Amari's sitting on the sideline, not even in, not even in. It's absolutely hilarious. It, it was definitely hilarious, and I love it. So I hope Jerry Jones finds a fountain of youth and stays alive forever, because I, I, I Cowboys ruining the team. They're a great organization under you, Jerry Jones. It's absolutely comical. But uh, once again, Amari Cooper, if you want to sign here next year, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Eagles in the driver's <laughs> seat, though they are eight and seven, leading the division. They're above 500. And they're going to win the division. So, Cowboys fans, Giants fans, Giants fans, you ruined your opportunity to lock down a top three pick this past weekend against Washington. Yeah, they keep winning. What's up with that? Do do yourselves a favor. Just you know, don't even show up to the game and just get a worse draft. That's why I'm hoping they honestly just take you know it you want one. like they want one. Yeah, obviously we know Chase Young still thinks the Giants suck. Wasn't he flirting with the idea of not even there coming is out? speculation that he's going back? So, if you're a Giants season. fan, what do you even what do you do at that point? So, Giants don't even show up to the game. There's no point. There's there's nothing in it for you. You don't want the Cowboys to win the division. No. Just do us a solid. Come through for your boys and let let the birds. So, would you rather play Eli one. or Danny? Uh, that's the interesting thing for me in this game too, and we'll get into it on Saturday. Both have different aspects. The Eagles have not faced Daniel Jones. The one time the Eagles played the the Giants this year was Eli's quote unquote return because we played okay. the Giants so late in the season for the first time. So it's going to be interesting to see how Jim Schwartz kind of schemes up against Daniel That's Jones. Either of them make it because they were busy playing flip club the other day. That they were. <laughs> Never <laughs> thought I'd see Eli out in public like that. Honestly, I I will say I I actually very much enjoyed that. It was video. absolutely hilarious. <laughs> yes. Uh, but the Eagles were not the only team that had success against a a heated rival. No, they didn't. We had a nice little Christmas Day matinee basketball game yesterday at the Wells Fargo Center, and the Sixers absolutely dominated. The Milwaukee Bucks. Yes. Who I heard through the grapevine, Dylan. The Milwaukee Bucks are the grapevine. They're uh, supposed to be the, the best team in the NBA. Yes, the best defense in the NBA. They, they have the best record in the NBA. Never uh, let up a certain amount of points. They're in the favorites halftime. to get to the NBA finals. Yes, uh, keep that talk. I have the defensive player of the year on the team, right? They have the MVP. MVP as well, yes. But uh, Sixers won 121 to 109. After putting up 38 first quarter points. And then they score 69 in the first half. Nice. Nice. Yes, nice. nice. And then just flat out dominated from start to finish in this game. They were up and by as many as 29 points. A certain star who was criticized recently had how many points in the first half? Was it 22? Uh, and our boy Joel Embiid, who Dylan is referencing. Yes, 31 yes. points and 11 rebounds in this game. Ben Simmons, 15 points, 14 assists. Tobias Harris could not be stopped. Yeah. Tobias Slander <laughs> is no more. All you fools who said, oh, the Tobias contract. Too bad. It was terrible. He's he's 0 for 23, Dylan. He's oh, no. 0 for 23. We got to get rid of him. <laughs> Tobias has been shooting over 40% since that little slide. Which is what you're paying him to do. 22 points and was just absolutely on fire all over the court. Josh Richardson... 18 points. He looked great. Solid. My boy. Al Horford, 11 points, 10 rebounds. And then we popped a couple corks. Furk and Korkmaz coming off the bench. Say, 16 points for Furk. 
just a a dominant performance on Christmas Day. I couldn't have been happier watching all of this unfold. Giannis crying on the court because he allegedly got poked in the eye and didn't get the call to go his way. Oh, whatever. I just I just feed it to MB, me. MB gets like targeted every single game he plays, and he doesn't, exactly. doesn't whine about it. Uh, you look at what the Bucks did. Giannis was pretty bad. Yeah, and Bead, uh, when guarding him, did a great job. I saw he was like one for nine or something like that. Giannis when was zero for seven from three. Yeah, and then one, like one for nine, right from two or something like it that. Was some some crazy. I'm like, gonna pull up his shot chart here, but yeah, because it was it was it was very low against Embiid to, to the point like Kyle and I are saying, you just have to admire it. But, so uh, Giannis, who's shooting seventy two percent this season from five feet and in, on the league's highest volume around the basket, his shot chart on Christmas, uh, 0 for 7 from 3, 2 of 3 from, you know, right outside the, uh, the right inside the arc, 0 for 5 from about the free throw line. Yikes. And then around the basket, 6 of 12. Not good. Not great. Not great there, Giannis. 18 points and 14 rebounds in 30 minutes. He's your MVP. I don't see an MVP. Chris Middleton... Probably the only guy who had a, a quality quality game for the Bucks. Yeah, he, was, uh, he was making some baskets. Thirty one points and eight rebounds. George Hill had a, a quality like quarter and a half. The Bucks were just so bad, and it was so great no, because this is just like this just shows you that the Sixers are built for the playoffs, and the Bucks are built for the regular season. Yeah, the Sixers are built to be a brooding bruiser team. They have some big bodies. They have defensive players, and they have players who are playmakers. And the whole shooting narrative, I saw a stat, I don't have it on me, but the Sixers are shooting like relatively, well, not, no, not relatively well, they're shooting very well, I think like 10th in the league or something, I think 10th or 11th, so. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, obviously above average, and the fact I just said they're built for the playoffs, and like Kyle said that too, like this, the Sixers are built to where if they lose a guy, they can still function without said guy. I mean, obviously you're not going to be at 100% with losing certain players, but the way the roster is constructed, there's definitely depth this year. The bench is, I mean, without saying the bench is better than last year in the last two years. Um, and Still needs work, but yeah, of course, by of course. far leaps and bounds better. I mean, there's only that. ever a bench or two every year that you can look at and say that's stacked. Everyone else can obviously use work. Same thing with bullpens in baseball. You can always add another pitcher. And, um, but no, the Sixers, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing what they're able to do when they're clicking. 21 three-pointers made, which is the most three-pointers made on Christmas Day in NBA history. Yeah. And we did all that without our number uh, without the rookie as I'm well. I'm pretty sure at halftime the Sixers had 11 three-pointers made and they average this season going into this game 10 three-pointers a game. Not too shabby. And this is all without Matisse Thybul, who is one of your three-point shooters, a stellar defensive player. Yeah, he's great. And they showed out, and I was thoroughly impressed with, you know, pretty much just start to finish. Obviously, they had a signature Sixers fourth quarter. Yeah, uh, where they let up points where they give you a little bit of a But woof. that was pretty much garbage time at that point where it was fine. You know, the Sixers won the first three quarters, and that's what they needed. This was like peak Sixers. This was like, if they play like this in the playoffs, they can beat literally any team. In my opinion. Agreed. This is how they go and the the Twitter meme for Sixers Twitters. This is bullying. A bullying occurred on Christmas. If they come out and this was like everybody just took their game and unlocked it to be the best player they possibly could be. And sure, they're going to take games off because they need the rest. Of course. But if they unlock this potential and know that they have this potential throughout the playoffs, there's no doubt in my mind. This Sixers team can go on an absolute tear when it matters in May and June and have a shot at getting to the NBA Finals and potentially winning a championship. I'm right there with you. I mean, it's definitely shaping up, and I think it's exciting to just finally see what the grand vision was with with a fully constructed NBA roster with a, with a decently deep bench, and I'm excited. It was absolutely beautiful, and... Matt and I have dubbed, you know, since the first Jimmy Butler game right before Thanksgiving, that kicked off what we said this portion of the Sixers schedule would be known as Testavis. 
<laughs> it was a test of what the Sixers team was capable of, and they have answered the call nine out of ten times. Yeah, they proved uh, that they can play. The rest of Testavis goes like this because I, I think it goes all the way through the holiday season. You get the magic tomorrow, which is uh, when you guys are listening to this today, uh, Friday, down in Orlando. Then Saturday, the 28th, we'll preview this game on Saturday as well at 8 o'clock against Jimmy Butler and the Heat. It seems like Uh-oh. we just play the Heat every single weekend. Uh, and then New Year's Eve out in Indianapolis, taking on the Pacers to conclude 2019. And then nice you kick stretch. off 2020 in Houston against the Rockets, who got absolutely embarrassed by yeah, the Golden State Warriors. That was rough. So, I mean, you look at this, you arguably want the Sixers to go 3-1 and one in this little stretch, I'd say. Would love 4-0, but if they can yeah. go 3-1, and one, I think that's ideal. You beat the Magic, you beat the Heat, you beat the Pacers, and you see what you can do against the Rockets. Mm-hmm. This Sixers team showed me something on Christmas Day that I think a lot of Sixers fans needed to see. Of course. Me not being one of them because I knew it was possible, but I saw something in this team from start to finish. This was the most complete game, just like the Eagles played on Sunday. They showed out, dominated from start to finish, and put the league on notice and said, hey, we're here to bully you to get to the finals, and that's what they're going to do. And I'm very excited. You know, as this season progresses and as we get closer to the trade deadline and everything, Obviously, I don't expect any big moves at the deadline. I think it's going to be a lot of margin moves just to make this team a little bit better off the bench. But this team has the potential to to go all the way, and that's super exciting because it's, it's, it's a revitalized energy that this city needs. No, I, I mean, the Eagles won a couple of years ago, and I mentioned that because, you know, that was our first championship in a while, but, you know, besides the Phillies earlier on. Just about 10 years. Yeah, and it kind of, you know, like Kyle was saying, it, it gets the city, you know, riled up. It gets you pumped up. It, it brings back the winning culture, and we're seeing it now. We're seeing the, the Eagles, <laughs> granted they give us headaches, but they're still hopefully make the playoffs. They can go in a run. The Sixers look like how we're saying are built to win it all. The the Flyers for the first time we're gonna in get into now several years. Well, I was gonna make a good nice little segue. It's ironic he kept saying bully. <laughs> segue because the Sixers share a building with the Broad Street Bullies. That they do, and uh, nice nice little four game win streak. Those Broad Street Bullies. I didn't I didn't want to say it. I don't want to be the person to get blamed when they lose. But now can Kevin, yeah. Kevin Hayes put Dude. it on the board, man? <sighs> he put it on the board against his former team. It's just like. For a while, I mean, you know my opinion on that, but honestly... Uh, you know my opinion on it, too. I was not a fan. But I catch myself clapping for the man, though. It's so damn hard <laughs> to not like him. I, have you seen his videos? He's actually a very likable person as well. Here's my He's take. very goofy. Here's my take on Kevin Hayes right now. <clears throat> I was not a fan of the signing because I was like, why the hell are we paying well, so it was much money. money? It was the money. Why are we me. paying so much money for money a guy in turn. that, you know, we got all these young guys down in the AHL that are supposed to be coming up that play a similar position. To well, Hayes. you got to see the young guys at the same time. So. Exactly. And Kevin Hayes is the guy that the Flyers potentially needed on the ice. But more importantly, they needed Kevin Hayes off the ice. Yeah. He is the guy that's in this locker room that has become that, you know, off the ice leader. He has put a spark into guys like Giroux and Voracek that yeah, has kind of just been stagnant for a while because of how mediocre the Flyers have been during this past, you know, mini run that the Flyers yeah. have had since the Stanley Cup appearance. Kevin Hayes has brought in an energy and just a rejuvenation to this franchise, and I never thought I would say that, but damn, he is just so damn likable. He is very likable. That, like, this team needed him. Yeah, it adds a face that, you know, a casual Flyers fans or even casual NHL fans can see videos as well because NHL loves Kevin Hayes as well, apparently. And like Kyle said, you're seeing his videos, you're seeing his content, and you're seeing he's a you know a genuine person. Like, I'm not sure if everyone knows this, but Kevin Hayes uh, invited Nolan Patrick to live at his house, and that's where Nolan Patrick stays. Like, Kevin Hayes is part of, you know, because obviously Nolan's going through a lot, and Kevin Hayes, like Kyle's saying, is crucial off the ice because... Kevin Hayes is one of Nolan uh, Patrick's rocks, one of his pillars right now. He's definitely supporting him. He supported Limblom during you know this whole yeah. cancer fight that he's been going through, and just like the the energy in those videos that the Flyers put out, that the NHL puts out, the one that he is in the locker room, literally just giving everybody a nickname 
as they go out on the ice. It's cool. I'm like, damn it, he's cool. <laughs> damn it, he's cool. Well, a lot of Rangers fans, I was actually reading an article posted, um, I think, by a New York website, and it was talking about how the Rangers should have, like, they botched the Kevin Hayes, um, Jacob Truba thing. So what happened, basically, is the Rangers traded um, Kevin Hayes, but then they then used, they didn't use that pick, the first-round pick they got for Hayes, to acquire Jacob Truba from the Winnipeg Jets. And then in, in, uh, in doing so, they also sent a defenseman to the Jets. Um, so the whole article is basically saying how they, they, they messed up because Hayes was apparently willing to sign um, for 5 or $6 million, say, in New York, and he and they, they didn't do it. So thank you, Rangers, you for to Kevin Hayes. It. No, it's great. I mean, and Kyle, I mean, like it's just crazy watching the Flyers this year. They, they're, they're definitely a different team. I mean, they definitely give us the, the scares at times, but the fact that Carter Hart is like a top five and any advanced goalie stat just makes my heart warm. And the fact that they're actually in a playoff spot. And they had a hell of a November. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, the start of November was like up and down. They had that mini skid, uh, you know, recently when they lost the Avalanche, Wild, and Jets. Well, but that was they've, given. They've recouped it yeah. in the last four and games I, where they went yeah. out, absolutely embarrassed the Ducks. And it's no coincidence when they came home to see Oscar. Exactly. The team has a fire. They they dominated the Ducks from start to finish. Yeah. They destroyed Buffalo. Yes. And granted, Jack Eichel didn't play in that yeah, game. He was sick, I believe, but whatever happened. But. They didn't let that affect them. They put up six no. goals on them. And then... Ottawa game was typical Flyers fashion. Typical Flyers fashion, but they win a shootout game, which, honestly, this Hats season, that. the Flyers have absolutely been complete 180 when it comes to overtime and shootouts, which no, is so encouraging. It is good to see. And... They destroyed the Rangers. They demolished the Rangers and Kevin Hayes put it on the board. And they play the Sharks Saturday, right? play the Sharks on Saturday, and that kicks off a long-ass West Coast road yes, trip. Yes, and that West Coast road trip, I'm looking at it, honestly, they should win against all the California teams because all the California so they, teams they go Sharks, Ducks, back-to-back, and then we, we get a fun New Year's Eve for Philadelphia. We get the 3 o'clock Sixers tip in Indianapolis, and then 9 o'clock Flyers-Kings to lead you up to the ball drop. The West Coast Flyers, or well, used to be anyway. Um, but no, I think they should win. Like, so we're on a four-game uh, winning streak, and honestly, I think they could extend it to seven. And then they go to Vegas. That's they where they take on the Coyotes in Arizona. That's where it gets really, really tricky. You, you brought it up: the Knights, the Coyotes, the Hurricanes, and then the Hurricanes. Before and then they after come back that, home, the Capitals. To that's, take on the Capitals. that's a hard. So I think it's and important. then after the Capitals, it's the Lightning. Yeah, and then the Bruins. So it's a very. I mean, uh, I guess similar to the Sixers Testivus, the Flyers have their Testivus own Testivus 2.0. Yes, yes, very much. So. Testivus 2020. Uh, but like I pointed out, all those um, California teams are uh, very much so pretty much we bad. should we should win those three. If not on paper, three, yeah. Least. If not two out of the three, and then we'll see what happens with the other six games we 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 uh, named. I agree with you where I think the tough stretch starts with Arizona. Yeah. Especially after they got Taylor Hall and just Well, in the Coyotes, um, they play a very defensive style of hockey. Um, at West, Flyers typically either do really good or really bad. Um, and they have really good goaltending. And like Kyle said, Taylor Hall, who in the past has scored lots of goals against the Flyers, whether he was on New Jersey or Edmonton. So, yeah, it's definitely scary. You have teams like the Bruins who, once again, we all know the Bruins and the Flyers play crazy. Lightning, that team's un- just are stacked on offense. offensive juggernaut. Have a hell of a goal. Hurricanes are good. The Capitals are world breakers again this year for some reason. You hate to see that. You really do. I was you – know, whatever, I'm not going to go into that. But – but the bottom line is the Flyers are definitely a different team. Now, I'm not one to be overly, overly optimistic because being a Philadelphia, you have to have a little bit of pessimism. You have to you have to look at things both ways. It is the Flyers. Yes, and I was going to say it is the Flyers. That was my next point. So I'm still skeptical, but we are approaching New Year's, and that's generally what I tell Kyle and other people who like you know hockey and that's always when it ask kicks questions. Into hyperdrive. That's when it kicks in, but that's when you can kind of see what a team is because at that point they're halfway through. Mm-hmm. Like they'll have about 40, 42, 39 games played, so they'll literally be halfway and done. When, do you know when the trade deadline is too for the NHL? Um, it's Typically usually February. Right? February. I can look it up right now for you. It's usually the beginning. But you look at the the Flyers right now. While you look that up, they're third in the Met again, and they're only February. Two oh no, it's February twenty fourth oh, this okay. year. 
to the end of February. On a Monday. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's always on a Monday. The Flyers are in third place in the Met, and they're only two points behind the Islanders, who are a juggernaut. Yeah. The Metropolitan is actually a really good... Well, there's a couple of teams that suck, but for the majority of the teams... Ah, devils. In the Rangers. Best offseason, those two teams, ironically, are at the bottom. Shout out to a uh, <laughs> friend of the network, Gotham Sports Network's founder, Ethan Levy, who uh, continues to have a bit where... Uh, the Devils are the Cleveland Browns of the NHL. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> winning the offseason and not winning games. Uh, not, who wants to play there? But I agree. You know, you look at this division, and even if you want to put the Blue Jackets in there because they have 40 points. Well, I think considering they lost Panarin and uh, Bobrovsky and the fact that they're over 500 and better than the, Blue, the, the Rangers, Rangers and, the Devils, and the Devils, which is hilarious. But, yeah, no, I agree. They're, it's it's competitive. But you take the top five teams, they're all separated by 11 points. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And if you even look in the other divisions as take, well in the East. And if you just take close. second place to fourth place, it's it's three points separated. Yeah, that, that wild card between the two divisions, the Met and the Atlantic, it's going to be close. Um, that's why I think it's important, like you pointed out, we're in third place. Hopefully we can stay there, if not improve. That way we don't have to worry about it. Because I feel like every year... Since their run, like Kyle said, the Flyers have, you know, been really in the wild card spot. Like they really haven't gotten in the playoffs as an actual seed. And give me the two seed, baby. Yes, but but it it just feels like every year, come trade deadline, we're fringe sellers or buyers. You know, Kyle will be saying sell, I'll be saying buy, or Matt you know, will be saying tank. Yeah, everyone has a different opinion, and then they squeak in in the eighth seed or seventh seed, and they get bounced and then lose. But then that's just it's just you know honestly boom, though boom boom I don't have that feeling about this team. No, I feel like they could actually. Uh, I mean, I'll be honest, folks. I may have bet on them in the off season to win the Stanley Cup. He did. President Will did. <laughs> yes, Will did. Well, I think Will's actually what inspired me to do it. <laughs> the odds were really good. I, I think I put fifty dollars down. If I win, I'll get like a little over a grand or something like hey. that. You can't beat those odds. Just ask Ryan. I wish I was Ryan with betting on Lamar oh, Jackson. I did bet on. Ryan. You know, my, don't laugh. They're they're gonna make the playoffs. They're not. They're an AFC team. I did bet on the Texans win the Super Bowl because their their odds were like really good. I mean, should bet on the Ravens. But anyway, back to hockey. <laughs> but um, I mean, I don't have negative vibes at least right now about this Flyers team because not only are they you know producing, Giroux looks great. Voracek looks like he's found another gear in his career. Yeah, Voracek looks great. I Hayes think... has, you know, injected this team with just fun sauce. And then the young guys are finally getting called up. Yes, and it just stinks that one young guy, you know, was going to miss the year. But obviously his health is more important than the sport. And wish him the best. We've said that before. But no, but in, in other guys like Faraby and Frost and Hart. Brian Frost? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Frost. Well, I guess technically. Did you see that? No, is that a thing? So the Flyers were tweeting out wallpaper Wednesday yesterday. They said Brian Frost. And uh, one Brian Frost (laughs) is apparently on the roster. That's great. And uh, so is uh, Shane Gostis Burheer. That's amazing. (laughs) Um, Ghost is probably, you know, you're talking about positives, and I'll bring up some negatives because, you know, life's uh, yin and yang. I think Drew's having a good year, but he is right now. His points aren't there, but it's Claude Drew. He'll still end up finishing with at least 70 points. I'm not worried. Also, the poor man had to carry the team the past umpteen years on his back. So we'll we'll digress there. But um, goaltending's good. I mean, we were kind of all skeptical of Elliott, but knock on wood, when the man's healthy and when the defense shows up, he's not a bad goalie and he can make some saves. Um, I do think... The goal scoring is a lack of, like, it's kind of an issue. The fact that, not knocking him, it's good that he's scoring, but the fact that JVR is our leading goal scorer or tied for leading goals and he was not for most of the season is kind of alarming. Um, definitely don't have that solidified goal scorer. And that's something Flyers fans always complain about. We need a true sniper, which, I mean, every team wants a true sniper. Um, so. I'm not sure. Chuck is a very aggressive GM. We talk about it all the time. And if they keep winning, I will bet you money we are actually buyers at the deadline, which is exciting, but it's also scary. Now, when it comes <laughs> to that, yeah, what I, position do you, quite frankly, see? Well, 
let's let's look at it real quick. We have a little time. I mean, like I we talked about, it, it's not goalie. We have Carter McJesus. That's our baby. And we Shout have out Larry Poff. Brian Soccer Dad Elliot as his backup. <laughs> <laughs> Just chilling. And then and then yeah, it's very true, right? You're soccer like, dad, that's amazing. Um but no, and then for centers we were relatively relatively deep, being we have Coots, Hayes, Drew, Frost. There's quite a few guys who can play center on the roster. And the Flyers have quite a few. I think if they do anything it would be a defenseman or a winger. I was gonna say Wing potentially, especially since Oscar's out for the yeah, season. Yeah, and defenseman teams always seem to want them come playoff uh-huh. time, uh, especially that right-handed shot. That's like crack for teams during the, the trade deadline. <laughs> um, but we have actually several right-handed shot defensemen, so I'm not sure if we need one. It also depends upon who's healthy because, you right. know, God forsaken, if an injury happens February 20th and we lose said defenseman for the rest of the season, then Chucky is going to probably be aggressive and get somebody. I just have to address one thing. Obviously, we'll have our our decade show too. Oh my God! Please don't even don't even read the list, Kyle, because I am still NHL mad. on NBC. You know, you guys do a, a pretty quality job with your broadcast and everything. Meh. Meh. You do a terrible job of uh, picking your top ten players of the decade. I'm just gonna read them off because I chuckled quite hard. Kind of got my abs back a bit. <laughs> Number 10, Zdeno Chara. Number 9, Steven Stamkos. So far, okay. Number 8, Anze Kopitar. He's underrated. I can see it's so far. It's, it's just There's two guys on the list that bother me. Number 7, extremely. Henrik Lundqvist. That doesn't bother me. Number 6, Evgeny Malkin. Hmm. Number 5, Connor McDavid. That's the first one that bothers me. He's so good, but he's only played for several years. So how how would be how would he be a top ten player of a decade if he only played four out of the ten years? Patrice Bergeron, number four. I could see that. Number three, Eric Carlson. Number that, two, Alex Ovechkin, and number one, Sidney Crosby. Yes. Yeah, so the two that stick out, I, I, I hinted at one, Connor McDavid. The other one would be Eric Carlson. I love Eric Carlson, and I think I was one of the huge proponents on the show to sign him uh, when he was a free agent. But he should not be on there. I mean, there are Cla- Claude Drew, obviously, but Claude Drew should be Drew, on there. Patrick, Patrick Kane. Kane. Those are the so honestly, like unbiased and biased. Take out the two I named to put in Kaner, or even Jonathan Taze if you want to be like they have three cups. <laughs> I don't know. I don't get it. And then you could even make an argument, um, not anymore, but Jonathan Quick was a big part of the Kings winning all those cups. Or even Corey, well, the, the Blackhawks kind of changed goalies. But there's several players that you could put before those guys. And not knocking McDavid because he's more talented than 9 out of 10 on that list. Mm-hmm. Um, Crosby, sadly, excluded. But like I said to Kyle, he's only played four or five of the years. So how is he? He wasn't even playing five out of the 10 yeah. years. So it's, I mean. It's a little it, weird. And if you're yeah. gonna put him on the list, he should be lower on the list. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and then like number one and two, the only ones they really got right on that list. Pretty much, <laughs> just because like honestly, like Giroux, all by his side, should be on this list. Yeah, and then, Patrick Kane, love him or hate him, should be on this list. Well, they they, they always flash the Giroux stats how he's like the last seven or eight years, whatever he's like top five or six in scoring. Well, if that's the case, then why isn't he on on the list? list? Do better. That's all I got to say is do better. And we'll have our decade show probably on Saturday. Uh, we'll keep you updated. And that's why you need to follow us on the Twitter machine. Yeah. But we have one more thing to yell about, and that is uh, the Phillies doing their old oh, penny-pinching tactics once again. John Middleton did not get us anything for Christmas, and he let Dylan no. Tantis go up to New York and stay in New York, and he's going to the Mets. Yeah, come. I just don't get it. I don't get it either, man. Like, <laughs> for a while... You know, me being the resident Flyers fan and, and you the Phillies fan, we'd always have our, you know, differences and disagreements. But the one thing remained certain that we we both, me being a Flyers fan and you being the Phillies guy, we would still always egg on the Flyers. And now <laughs> the Phillies are like, hold my beer. We're going to be that team in Philadelphia. And it's annoying because that's, you know, that's your baby. Like that's, And I, I, Kyle has converted me, and I like baseball a lot more the past five years. I watch it all the time, and it's just annoying seeing these other franchises in division and around adding and trading. The Phillies have gotten better this year. Oh, they have. They've I mean, added they Zach did. Wheeler. They did. You know, you're going to get Andrew McCutcheon back. Uh, 
But once you get Robertson towards the end of the year, technically, well, he's still not going to pitch this year at because, all. Yeah, okay, got you, Tommy gotcha. John. But you got better, and you're still going to finish fourth in the division if you don't improve this team. Yeah, you. The you, Braves got better, yeah. rotation and bullpen wise. The Nationals lost Anthony Rendon. Still got better because they kept their bullpen intact. They still have the young players that they developed. They kept Steven Strasburg. Patrick Corbin's still there. Yep. Max Scherzer, obviously one of the best pitchers of all time, is still there. The Mets, if Edwin Diaz bounces back for them. Plus Batanis. They bring in Batanzas. They have Jerry's Familia. And they have a couple young superstars. That is... Making- a one-two-three punch in the back of the bullpen that pretty much makes up for them losing Zach Wheeler. Yep. You still have Jacob Degrom, who's a two-time reigning Cy Young winner. You have Noah Syndergaard, who still is good, going to bounce back. Still a good one-two punch. You have Steven Matz. They'll, they'll be fine pitching wise if they can stay healthy. The Mets are a legitimate team. Like you yeah, can't discount them. Their and biggest the Phillies, thing is injury. The Phillies bring in Didi Gregorius. Love good it. Yeah, yeah. They bring in Zach Wheeler. Girardi, obviously. Joe Girardi. But that's all they've done. Yeah, and it's like people are like, some some fans are like, you know, clapping their hands. But, you know, rightfully so, but they're also, they're they're happy with the moves. And you can't. You can't half-ass yeah. your free agency. Exactly. When you went and got Bryce Harper last year, you went and traded your number one prospect for JT Real Muto. You know, you have guys like Andrew McCutcheon who are kind of in the twilight of their careers. You bring in Aditi Gregorius. You brought in Gene Segura, who's making a boatload of money. You can't. You have Aaron Nola entering his age twenty-seven season. Poor guy. You can't waste the primes of these guys. No, you, you, by you can't. pinching pennies because you don't want to pay the luxury tax that you can pay this year and reset it next year because Jake Bum Arietta is coming All off the, the books. books. You have David Robertson coming off the books. You have a ton of these old bullpen arms coming off the books. Your luxury tax resets. Yeah, and if they if they sign another big name player, they're only going to make more money in ticket sales and jersey sales. We were texting the other day. I told day, you this. We talk, we've said this on the show too when it came out. The Phillies made back two years worth of Bryce Harper's contract based on just his merchandise sales alone. And that's not even tickets, man. Merchandise sales alone for Bryce Harper netted them back two years of what they're paying him on his 13-year contract. Yeah, and then I'm I'm sure he'll be one of the most popular jerseys again this year. Adding so by the time his contract's over, like the like the 13 years in Philly, in Philly I wouldn't be surprised if like four and a half, maybe five, had been paid off just from like merchandise, if not more. Yeah, especially if they and end then, up winning, and World then probably Series. another couple just upon tickets for him, like seeing him. So the point is. Adding players, like me and Kyle were back and forth the past week, adding players does not hurt. It helps. I mean, granted, obviously, if you sign Joe Schmo, bench player, no one's you know going crazy. Right. But adding guys like Wheeler, Didi, had you add another decent pitcher like Ryu or somebody, that's well, going to get the... I'm kind of glad they well, stayed no, away the money for yeah, that price that because price. he doesn't even get to 170 innings a season just because yeah. he's so injury prone. Uh, shout out to the Blue Jays for getting us out of that one, but... Here's the flip side for me. The Phillies are, and this is shout out to Alex Carr on Twitter, writes for the Good Fight, uh, SB Nation blog for the Phillies. If you're not following Alex, you should. It's at Alex Carr MLB. Put out a tweet that said, the Phillies are one of the most closed-lipped teams in baseball when it comes to transactions, moves, whatever it may be. And that is very valid. We didn't know anything about the Bryce Harper deal until it happened. You know, there was rumors and everything. Uh, you know, we had gotten a tip on what a potential contract was going to be, and we were a little off because it ended up being 13 instead of 10 years. Um, they don't leak moves with this new front office no, that they have. Pretty, they're pretty quiet. And that's one thing we have to take into account. I still think some sort of giant trade is going to happen. The Phillies have been linked to Robbie Ray for years now. Probably the last three or four years, they've been linked to him in terms of potentially being trade partners. It's a beautiful move that should be made. And another move that should be made is Philly should have already signed a guy like Taiwan Walker, who is just available. This is my brand, Kyle. You bring in Robbie Ray, you bring in Taiwan Walker, you don't have to worry about putting Vince Velasquez and Nick Pavetta in the rotation. You move them to the bullpen, and then your rotation looks like this, Dylan. You go Aaron Nola. 
Zach Wheeler, stud, stud, Robbie Ray, stud. Say whoever you want in terms of Zach Eflin or Taiwan Walker, and then Arietta. Yeah, or Arietta can just not pitch. Or you know, some team can trade for Arietta because he can they're be desperate tre- for pitching. He can be a cheerleader. I just. I need this team to go get another starting pitcher. And I, yeah, I, the Walker thing. I mean, this is my brand, but a guy like that is only going to make a couple million. And if you're worried about literally going a million over the, it'll tax, be a one year deal too. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like he's coming just, off a of Tommy John. Exactly. It is a known fact that when players get Tommy John, they just throw harder because the tendon is is looser. Yeah, it's there. Tywin Walker will be a one year deal, prove it deal. Very similar to D.D. Gregorius, who is also coming off of Tommy John surgery. I don't know why he hasn't been signed yet. It blows my mind. But he is literally right in front of your face. Yeah. Go sign him. Yeah, I think I looked it up before. He had a 3.8 ERA in the last full season that he pitched. Which he pitched like 180 innings. That's so not bad. And people forget he's not. he hasn't really had a bad career. I think he had like one bad year, but most years by pitching metrics, he's never been bad. He's been a third or a fourth starter. So Tywin Walker, for those of you that don't know, because he's either pitched in Seattle and you don't watch American League of baseball, course, yeah. or he's pitched in Arizona and you just didn't watch West Coast games. He was involved uh, in the trade that sent Gene Segura to Seattle. Tywin Walker came back to Arizona. In the years that he's pitched, uh, 2015, he went 11-8, and not a great ERA, but uh, his his FIP was pretty much a half a run lower than his ERA. Uh, his most recent season that he pitched, his first season in Arizona, went nine and nine, a three four nine ERA. The dude can pitch, and he's a solid number five starter. Yeah, especially for a team that's looking to win a championship, like this Phillies team should be looking to do. Yeah, and even if he doesn't pitch as a starter. Wouldn't mind him as a long man out of the bullpen. He's only 26 years old. He's very young. He got into the league early and got injured injured often. But teams that win make moves like this. Like, look at the Astros even last year. Obviously, they didn't win. But um, they um, – who did they sign? Oh, uh, Wade Miley to a cheap one-year contract. And he pitched way above expectations. There's another guy that's out in free – Alex Wood. A guy who dominated with the Dodgers. Yeah. Got injured, went to Cincinnati, pitched pretty well coming off an of injury. He's available. Speaking of Cincinnati, granted he's still there. Um, Sonny Gray is a guy who... Tanner Rowan. Yeah, exactly. Um, what's his face? He just signed somewhere. I think he signed with the White Sox. Uh, what's his Dallas name? Dallas Keuchel. Yeah. A guy who the Phillies could have had twice now. Who who's pitch for the? He used to pitch for the Nationals and the Brewers. Now he pitches for the White Sox. They just signed him. Uh, I'll tell you in just a second. He's had. I'm saying he had a resurgence too. I think he pitched the Brewers last year. The White Sox, by the way, have made some crazy moves. Power they have moves. Improved a lot exponentially. Yeah, they're going for it. Uh, I'm not sure who I'm thinking of. I could be crazy, folks. But the point is, there are pitchers that teams sign for low prices. Really, any sports team, and it generally pays off if you're aggressive. I mean, oftentimes it won't. Excuse me, but sometimes it will. So it's just a matter of taking that leap. Uh, let's see. So he's a pitcher, right? Yeah. Oh, Gio Gonzalez. Yes, that's n- another guy who I wouldn't have minded at the Former Phillies sign. Phillies prospect. Yeah, but like those are the kind of guys you sign for like one year, five million, one year, four million, even like one year, eight million, because the one year deal and they it's bounce one back. And done. Yeah. In the words of. Again, friend of the show, James Seltzer. There is no such thing as a bad one-year deal. Yeah, because they're they're gone after one year. It's it's one and done. It's so simple. John Middleton, if you're listening to this, Matt Clintech, if you're listening to this, our wish for 2020. Be aggressive. Be aggressive. Go get us another starting pitcher. Stop penny pinching, and get this team over the hump and live up to the words that you spewed out there and said you want to bring that damn trophy back to Philadelphia that's all we want we want another parade you know how magical these parades have been in the last decade we've only had two of them but damn I want more <laughs> more 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 yeah there's, so there's definitely people stop out there, penny man. pinching bring us another starting pitcher improve this bullpen don't rely on the in-house candidates who we know stink that's true and let's go win that freaking trophy 
because I'm tired of hearing about the Nationals being World Series champions. I'm tired of hearing about the Atlanta Braves, and I sure as hell am damn tired about hearing the Mets being improved. Agreed. So do the damn thing, do the right thing, and let's get this team over the hump. As always, guys, make sure you're following us on Twitter <laughs> at Underground PHI. A little bit brighter blurb there. You can follow Dylan on Twitter at Dylan Mazzola. Just my name. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Shout out to the old AOL Instant Messenger for that one. Uh, and then make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Only five stars, though, because we have standards. We know you do, too. You need a little late Christmas gift, a little late Hanukkah gift. Give the gift of a podcast subscription because it is free. And if you know me, free is for me. <laughs> Let us know what you want to see from this Eagles team as they get ready for a playoff run. Let's do Let this. us know if you think the Sixers have the, the ability to win a championship. Let us know how you feel about the Flyers as we head into the new year. Talk about it. And also, yell at the Phillies for penny pinching right now. Yeah, seriously, just let them have it. And if you don't happen to have an iPhone, I don't know what you're doing, but you can also check us out on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, the TuneIn app. You can follow and stream us on iHeartRadio, and you can also subscribe to us on Radio.com. And as always, show brought to you by Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Wainwright Bernhardt, Funeral Home, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. Make sure you check out our friends at Design Tree as well. Doing a hell of a job for us with the merch. We just got another merch order today, Dylan. The, uh, hey. the old, I read books and I know things, Tobias Harris shirt. <laughs> uh doing numbers ben simmons we got the the triple double machine shirt out there for you the peacemaker jersey is a hot item and of course high season is available for you so is on it the is. road to victory all your underground sports philadelphia merch needs dsgentry.com search underground sports philadelphia use the promo code holidays for 20 percent off save yourself some money this holiday season and uh we'll be back for you guys on saturday Talking about this Eagles-Giants matchup. Uh, hopefully some Sixers wins. Previewing that yes. Heat matchup. Flyers coming back from the break. Hey. Kevin Hayes putting more on the board. Making me like him more. And uh, hopefully the Phillies will stop pinching pennies. There's really, I'm, I'm looking right now as we're talking. There's really so many. There's so like, many guys. There's like five or six guys that I, I would I would kill to have as my fifth or fourth starter over the names you named earlier. So many guys. And they would cost... Five million dollars or less for one literally year. nothing. One year, it's so easy. A caveman can do it. Uh, not a sponsor, but great car insurance. <laughs> if they want to, I mean, I mean, if they want to throw us a sponsorship, I'd be all about it. They've uh, saved me a hell of a lot of money uh, since I've swapped over to them. But uh, <laughs> this has been Underground Sports Philadelphia episode number one ninety six. Getting close to two hundred. Two hundred is gonna be a hell of a time, guys. Trust me. We've got a lot planned. It's amazing but, how uh, close it lines up towards the Super Bowl. It's absolutely insane. And uh, also, we'll be celebrating in style for the podcast's two-year anniversary in February. So Woo! stay tuned for that. We've got a lot planned there. But like we said, episode number 196 for Dylan. I'm Kyle. Catch you guys on Saturday. Till then, we are signing off. Peace. Oh,